Hello and welcome everybody to a new episode of the Advanced Real Estate Talk. This is Aurelia. I'm here with Glenn and Darcy. And today we will be discussing disasters and insurance claims, uh, trying to impart some wisdom, um, you know, based on the experience uh, we, we've had uh, as, as investors. And why don't we start with uh, Glenn this time? <laughs> you know what, Darcy, say what you just said before we started recording. <laughs> <laughs> just i said a lot of things no um, but that, i could feed off of that <laughs> yeah well you know why do you get insurance well because it's your last line of def defense and yeah. you know, it's, it's prescribed to you by your mortgage bro broker and it's an obligation to your investors or the people you care about to be well insured so you your get lender it, and your lender everybody. they're going to tell you exactly what's yeah, going to have to have in it how you know how much your thresholds and everything else to cover it but it's your last line of defense you have to have this and it's an easy hole to plug. It's not an option. You have to have insurance. Therefore, how do you do it well? And then we got ideas on that. Glenn, what's your best ways to do this well? <laughs> I don't know if this is the best way to do this well, but like, you know, insurance, I don't know if this is really where we want. There's just so much stuff you can do with insurance, right? Um, sometimes you're doing to do it to try and protect yourself um, from being sued or liabilities or right. just the insurance of your property, which we're kind of more directing this topic to for disasters. Um, and I don't really, really, this can go with insurance. You can go down so many roads. Um, like you can, uh, one way you can do is if, you know, um, in the States, it's a little bit more, um, sue, sue, sue mentality than Canada. Um, but, uh, one thing you can do is if someone tripped on your sidewalk, it could become an insurance claim. Um, but instead of like actually you coming up with this money, it's another wall, um, putting corporations up as a way to protect yourself. Mm. I guess we're kind of going down the protect yourself sort of path. Um, lots of ways to protect yourself. Another way is to leverage your property. So there's nothing to take, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. You put these properties that have no, if they want to look up, because it's a public record in the United States and you can go look up what our mortgage is on the property. And you could see that, that there's, they have a huge mortgage compared to the property value. And there's, you're not even a target, right? There's nothing to oh, take. I hadn't even thought of that. Um, anyway, my, where I was going with this um, was more, I was to tell the stories of insurance things that have happened to me in the last year. So um, I, I don't really think I ever did an insurance claim in Canada when I had all my rental properties, I was thinking about it and I don't think I did. And anytime I had an expense, I just like Darcy was saying, I was terrified to do an insurance claim because I didn't want this to move my premiums up and cost me money forever. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. But in the States, I, uh, I have made a few insurance claims, right. And, uh, I've really used, it, it is like you said, we set this up as a protection. And if you set this protection up and then something does happen and you don't make the claim, then honestly, like you're just paying for a service that doesn't do anything, right? Um, this is the way I started looking at it. Like, what's okay. the point? Yeah. Um, and when I was doing this, I haven't really noticed much difference in my premiums at all uh, on the renewals. And it doesn't seem to affect other properties. And a lot of times when I've done these insurance claims, one of the techniques is if you started, to, your premium started to go up, just sell that property. You know, if it's getting, it's going to screw your numbers up, just like anything else. If there's something that makes your property not, not work for you, then there's lots of properties out there. I can switch it to something else, right? Um, ideally, I've already created my value before we started with this project yeah. by buying it properly. I've done all my things. I've done my refis and everything else. So worst case scenario, I'll just start over. Um, a couple of years ago, I did um, a roof uh, claim in Alabama. 
So it's not tornado alley, but they do get really high wind. And what we had was a, a terrible storm come through, which if anyone's investing anywhere along water or the south, or like even in Canada, you can get a lot of wind in certain spots. I don't know what your wind's like out in Vancouver, Darcy. Um, assuming they Increasingly got crazy. Uh, yeah. We're in the news right now because our city is um, uh, inaccessible. The roads are washed out. Every city, every road into the city is washed out right now to the province. Yeah. So crazy. what I noticed some commonalities from the two insurance claims I've done in the last two years. And um, well, let's start with the story briefly. So we had a wind ripped all the shingles off. Once the shingles are exposed, you noticed that there is damage underneath, like the the wood was not in good shape. Other things would happen. And whenever you get the insurance adjuster out there, what I found in all cases was that they found uh, extra things that they wanted done. So I'm like, hey, uh, I had this roof problem. I go got go out and get it uh, bid out, right? Before I do the insurance claim or at the same time as I'm doing the insurance claim. And I submit that when you go to the insurance company. And so I'm like, okay, I think in the case for um, the St. Clair roof, it was like 13,000 or $15,000 for the new roof. Like, cause you had to be all completely reshingled and the wood underneath needed to be done. But they were like, no, we want the trees cut back. We want the, the eaves troughs done. We want this done, this done. We want um, some of the, any ivy on the side of the house removed. They came up with like a laundry list of other things they wanted so that there was never another insurance claim, which I wasn't prepared for. I wasn't expecting that to happen. So what I've found a lot of times, if you're going in and you're asking for the 13,000 or 15,000, whatever it was in that case, that they were actually adding to the scope. And they're like, here's 20,000, get all this other stuff done too. Um, when you do these claims, uh, it's not free money in the cases I've had you have to now show receipts when you're done. Um, you need to spend that money on the right stuff, <laughs> what was yeah. required. It's not free money to go, hey, they said a new roof, but hey, there's some extra money. I can go get windows done <laughs> or something else, right? It's, it's for those projects, right? Um, and what we recently did was uh, an insurance claim on a tenant turnover. The uh, tenant was so rough on the property on the way out that I was, we were getting the, um, the contractor to bid it out. And we we're like, yeah, there's like 15 or $20,000 in damage from this tenant. And funny enough, it was my mother-in-law who is not an insurance person or real estate investor at all. It came up with the idea. She's like, have you tried insurance for this? It sounds like there's quite a bit of damage. And I was like, you know what? I've never thought about using insurance for a tenant turnover. Right. And so why not? Let's call them. Well, you know, well, I got nothing to lose. Let's call them. And you know what? You get the insurance adjuster in and yeah. Okay. Your contractors bid out saying this drywall needs to be fixed. This trim needs to get fixed. There's a bunch of stuff. Cabinets need to be replaced because they were all broken and damaged from these tenants. Um, but they also went, while we're in here, we want this done and this done. And we want the one window replaced because the lock's broken on it. And guess what? They gave more money again than what was requested. Um, because they want to be preventative. And it's one of those things that never really, I never thought about. And I probably have left a lot of money on the table by not doing insurance claims on large tenant turnovers. It has to make sense. It has to, you don't want to be doing this on every turnover, right? You're going to raise some red flags. You're probably not going to get insurance anymore. Um, yeah. But on these big ones where it's actually going to cost you a lot of money, it will actually get the whole house fixed up. 
My problem now is that they wanted all kinds of little things fixed throughout the whole place. And so per insurance, we're gonna get this all done properly and by licensed contractor. And it's gonna probably be uh, maybe inspected by another adjuster or whoever. And um, my hard part is to put another tenant in. I'm thinking I might just sell the place. Because <laughs> it looks so good. It looks so good. It's gonna look so good when it's done. So, and they'll <laughs> have everything done. There will be, um, if you wanna do like traditional financing, uh, a lot of times they're gonna do their own inspections, um, the financing company, and they always ask for these little things done. Ideally, we've just fixed them all. Like there should be, mm. this would be the easiest time to sell the property. Wow, your experience is almost diametrically opposite of mine. Really? <laughs> Absolutely. I, I'm That's like, perfect. I, That's my perfect. eyes are huge. Um, <laughs> but then there's difference in our situation, right? I am a long-term hold with a piece of property that we've loaned six, seven years, and we're planning to hold it another six or seven. So my insurance claims histories go back to my to the beginning of holding that property. Um, we have had some claims. Hey, um, sorry, the claims history that's tied to the corporate name, it's or is tied to the property and to the, the property. Okay, okay, and the client, right? Yeah. So, um, if we don't, you know, you know, over an insurance claim, we wouldn't flip a four million dollar uh, thirty three unit apartment building because we didn't want an insurance claim. Uh, so our process is we're holding this for another five to ten years. Um, this claims history is going to be sticky, and every time you make a new application, at least in Canada. They're going back to that property and the claims on the property, even before we owned it. So oh. they're looking to that address through their database and insurance. This is one of the things that we might've mentioned this earlier, but you know, four years ago for, you know, a portfolio of 21 properties, I might've spent 20 hours on insurance a year. And that included lunch with my broker, all phone calls, all paperwork, conversations back and forth to establish value, sign the paperwork, write the checks, and complete the insurance and subsequent reinspections and setting up inspections so they make sure that the property is is you know as described 20 hours a year um over the last four years i now spend close to i'm estimating 150 200 hours a year on just insurance getting oh. insurance keeping up with insurance inspections they're doing quarterly inspections on canadian properties a guy will book it come out look at it look at where you're um dryer vents are doors, window stops. He wants to do a full inspection annually. Now they require an annual inspection. In some cases, we're getting quarterly or biannual inspections of the property, which you have to. Um, we spent this lesson, we reinsured, we put it out to market, we took it to different people. We saved $68,000. So in 2020, 2019, we paid $278,000 for insurance. We saved 68,000. Yeah, I know. That's a Whoa. big bill. Yeah. We saved $68,000 by shopping it out, but we went to five or six different brokers. And here's a little trick in Canada with insurance. There's a coalescence of who the prime insurers are behind this. There's a bunch of street level brokers and they have a portfolio of insurers, but those portfolio of insurers are actually only a handful of big insurers in Germany, London, and Switzerland that are behind it. And it used to be 25 of those. Now they're down to about six and they all know each other. It and was similar to me in, in the States, even when I was yeah. doing my claims, it was going to what, that, a company in London. It was Lloyd's of London or one of Lloyd's, those other ones. Yeah. It's one of and the so world's largest insurers. So yeah, it went, it went through my company in Chicago over to the, some sort of middleman in uh, California and then talking to people in, uh, in England. Yeah. Yep. And based on claims histories in a category or a region, you know, and there's, there's actuarials, guys with really good math 
they're figuring out what claims histories are, and it'll vary from region to region based on claims. So in Western Canada, we've had some dry spells uh, and Western United States. So those fires in Napa and Sonoma and California and in the Okanagan and BC over the last several years have increased your fire premiums in areas on the West Coast where we're living in a, a rainforest. You know, I have a property on Vancouver Island, which is virtually in a rainforest. It won't dry out and catch on fire. It's not sagebrush, but it's affected by the insurance claims in the rest of Canada. When there's a fire or a flood like we're having now, we expect our insurance claims are going to go, our insurance premiums are going to go up. It's, it's, I spend hours on it. Now it's really tricky. So I can't sell. If I have a bad claim, I can't sell because I'm into a property for five, 10 years. And those claims histories are sticky. So, so Darcy, if you spend so much time on this, could you not hire a broker to spend time on it? Like, so that's just with the brokers. Oh, so you have to chop these brokers. Okay. That's my time spent with brokers Oh, and trying to find a broker. <laughs> and all of them are trying to extract a fee out of this because they got to feed their families as well. And there's difference from broker to broker and what products they have. It's a, it's a frustrating business. We've had uh, three, three fires. We never make claims on floods. Some of the spills are there. Uh, if we have a broken pipe or a overflown bathtub, we can fix it for ourselves for way cheaper than the increase of the premium. Um, but fire damage that gets to structural and we've made three fire claims in 21 years. Um, in each of these three cases, it was a tenant was careless and the claims were between 50 and $70,000 to repair. I wonder if it's different because the claim, the two claims I'm talking about are single family homes mm-hmm. rather than apartment buildings. Yeah. So once you get into commercial, it is a real rugged business. Um, and I would say that is the case, but you know, I, uh, uh, I was mucking around taking water out of our pool. It has a vinyl liner in the backyard and it was freezing in February. So I was taking the nice clean treated water out of my pool and refilling our hot tub. Um, and there was ice on the top of it. It was cold, but the, pool's running. There's a skim of ice. I pump some water out of the pool into the hot tub and this plug of ice sitting on top of the pool oh, no. dropped just like a quarter of an inch, but it tightened the liner and split the liner. Oh. 120,000 liters of water was draining out of my pool and it was freezing cold. And you know, it was minus three and it was dropped to, to minus seven, supposedly overnight. So I drained the pool as fast as I can with two pumps and like siphon hose, like I'm stealing gas out of a parked car. <laughs> I got garden hoses and I'm sucking water out of them and putting it down the hillside into the pond. You know, I phoned a guy and it's 3.30 in the afternoon on a Saturday. He's not coming. He says, I can get, best I can do is get there, you know, Sunday morning. I packed the pool house with blankets and a space heater to save my heater so it didn't split from the ice and water in it. Um, and I made an insurance claim on that pool liner. And it was about a $6,000 claim. But my house insurance went from $1,100 to 24. I could not negotiate any lower. This is you got a claim. I went from zero claims to one claim for the pool. And I amortized the $6,000 of of pool repair over the next four years, at least of paying almost $1,000 more for insurance claims. I probably should have paid the 6,000 up front and kept the insurance low, you know, because I don't think they're going down, but they left me alone when my insurance was around 11 or $1,200 for the year. Now I can't get it below 2,200, 2,300. So, you know, all it's so, like a bank financing through the insurance company for a pool liner. I don't know. Uh, Increase yeah. my expenses. 
maybe it's a good deal. Maybe that's a smart deal to spread the cost of a pool liner over the next four to five years. Now, if you move, is it tied to you or is it tied to the house? I think it's tied to the property because they want okay. specifically, you know, how old is your roof? You know, your boiler. Uh, yeah, I got yeah, a complicated yeah. house, you know, I got a well yeah. and a pool and a hot tub and a boiler and, you know, shingled roof, and, you know. Gotcha. So, but um, it it is. And this is one that, you know, if I were advising, you know, investors, spend lots of time on insurance. Don't get it wrong. It's no, no part of it is beyond comprehension, but it's tricky. Um, almost every property we look at to buy is underinsured. When you do the calculation of a replacement value, it's way underinsured. And the real estate listings will show a $4 million building, $4,000 of annual insurance. That's not possible. If you calculate a $4 million building and it's 25,000 square feet at $250 a square foot replacement cost, net of the land and the cost to remove debris, there's no way a $4,000 policy covers that. It should be sixteen dollars to $18,000. And if you ever have a claim, like a fire that destroys the building, if your insurance policy that you hold is not 90% of the estimate of the claim at the time of the loss, it's zero. Ooh. Your policy is invalidated. They say you cheated, you never booked enough insurance, we're invalidating the whole claim. It's not just that you get the policy that covers 2 million or how good your policy was. You don't get just that money and you have to make up the rest. You get zero. You're a cheater. You get zero. So, so many people yeah. are underinsured. And if they have a claim, they're going to get zero. Everyone's underinsured because ideally most people got their insurance more than like two years ago. And what's happened yeah. in the last two years. Absolutely. Your, your replacement values went to the roof. Wood prices went to the roof. Shingle prices went through the yeah. roof everything and uh, property values have went through the roof. Yep. So everyone's underinsured. It doesn't matter if you invest in Canada or the US. Yeah, that's probably the case. You know, I've, you know, so you think you get a great deal or you've got a guy who's uh, an insurance broker who's careless. He's going to take fees off you one way or another. And if he thinks you fight with you, that in a fight with you, that you're not going to move. You're only going to pay $1,000 for annual insurance. She goes, okay, I'll take the commission on the thousand. And in the back of his mind, he's just going, screw this turd. He's, he's, he's troublesome. I'm just going to take the commission on my $1,000 policy. I can't convince him to do better. He's going to write in his journal, client declined additional coverage, client declined earthquake, client declined business interruption, client declined. And you sign off on all those things. He books it, sends a policy in, and he gets his commission. He's done. He's not going to get a commission for a, for a policy that you won't write. So he gets his money. You get your cheap insurance. If anything ever happens... He shows you the policy. You declined all this stuff. You provided the values. I'm so sorry. It's, this is your problem. So there are ways to mitigate that. There are companies that says Sun, uh, Sun, Suncorp, uh, insurance evaluations across Canada. There's versions of them. There's other companies. I've used Suncor though. Um, they will do a market appraisal, and it's based on current current. This is what it. This is what you know. building costs are in your region. This is what taking away the garbage costs. It could cost you half a million dollars to site remediation after a fire. What if your building is 40 years old and it had aluminum wiring, it had asbestos containing materials that you had mitigated or isolated, but it's now burnt into the soil. High amount of plastics and carbon on that soil. That's actually could be a half a million dollars of remediation just to clean the site so you can build again. If your policy doesn't cover that, you, you don't get the money for it. 
Um, it's, a, it's a rough and dirty business. And this is probably one of the ones where you want to sit down with a good broker and you know, interview brokers, find someone you trust, and then work out what you really need. And then try and you know, take it out to market, do your best, but it's, um, it's costly. And to but make see, a mistake that's the real in this hard area, part yeah. is going to be comparing apples to apples because you is. go and get like a couple insurance quotes and what do you always do? You just take whatever one was cheapest. Yeah, bottom right, double line. <laughs> What's the cheapest one? Yeah. yeah. See, this is one where it requires more than just, just being a smart ass. You have to have wisdom. Mm -hmm. What are the apples to apples here? What are the apples to orange portions of this? Um, and like I said off the top, this is your last line of defense. This is not where you want to go cheap. You know, and stuff that doesn't matter, you know, but this is one where I really caution people to take the time because this could really be costly. Um, I assure my investors, listen, if something the worst happens, we are well insured. And that allows me to sleep at night. I know what's the worst that could happen? Place burns down and we have, you know, we lose the whole asset. Well, I know that I'm insured and it could be replaced for what is actually better. The insurance won't build a 40 year old building. It'll build a 2021 building with current um, amenities and fire controls and building products. So like, the worst case scenario that we could have is it will be built better. Our building will actually increase in value based on the quality of insurance we have. Um, I think that's a good message to my insurer, to my investment partners, it allows me to sleep at night. Um, and it's just another way where I check the boss, say I'm doing the best I can for the people that I'm trying to take care of, my tenants, my investors and my other partners yeah and also um, whenever you if your building does burn down because i was looking at it in my policy there's a thing where it says like tenant um rent replacement yes <laughs> two years I, uh, yeah and so i looked at that and i was like oh and i can i use this for tenant turn turnovers no you can't because <laughs> i i asked because i'm mm -hmm. you know, i'm i'm that kind of guy that asked but yeah that's what it's for when you burn down while they're build, building this whole thing yeah anyway it's, for other canadians we're seeing incredible weather events right now they're actually renaming weather meteorologists are having a heyday having fun renaming weather <laughs> events heat domes uh um atmospheric rivers that's what we just had they call it an atmospheric river we had 250 millimeters of rain in 30 hours that's why all these mudslides wow. and this is a country the west coast is a place that can absorb a ton of water we get rain all the time yeah this is just overwhelming these events are breaching 100-year measured events. So if you think there's not something happening with climate change, you're probably not paying attention. We are continually year after year now breaching 100-year levels of floods, of heat, of cold. So weather's more and more extreme. Um, your insurance will manage some of that stuff and give you some you know, reasons to sleep. It won't get easy, but at least you maybe sleep a little bit better. Um, that's just my dire warnings. So this is Darcy's uh, sleep management system, <laughs> the insurance sleep management system. <laughs> Patent pending. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, okay, guys. Well, thank you for your insights, and uh, hope you, uh, our audience, enjoyed the show. Like we enjoyed it, enjoyed doing it. Um, if you want to submit a question and get us to uh, discuss that question during the show, feel free to email it to us at advancedreitalk at gmail.com. It's advancedreitalk at gmail.com. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you all next week. Thanks, everybody. Bye.